But I find that most entrepreneurs go from the phases that I went through, you know, solopreneur to micromanager. And then finally, the ones that are managed to um, eventually give up that control, allow, you know, their teams and, and have systems in place. They're the ones that get to really thrive. But it takes a long time to get, at least for me, it took a long time to get to that point. But I'm so grateful that I did. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Mike Wolf, who is a self-made freedom lifestyle entrepreneur, multi-millionaire investor, and international speaker. He has been investing in real estate for almost 30 years and has been involved in several other entrepreneurial ventures. So listen on to find out how Mike has been able to create a freedom lifestyle as a remote real estate investor. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here with Mike. Hey Mike, how are you? I am great, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Before we get to all of your incredible journey, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Boy, where, where do I start? Um, well, let's see, I've been a uh, pretty much traveling the world for the last four and a half, five years, uh, full time. And uh, before that, uh, traveling on, on not quite as large a scale, but probably for the last 10 years. But I love the journey. I love not having the monotony that I used to have and love not setting an alarm. So, so I do things a little bit differently than most, uh, most people. Before you got to where you are right now, what did you used to do as your full-time gig? Yeah, so I've been a, a real estate investor for approximately 30 years now. You know, if we were to backtrack and, and look at my life, you know, 15 years ago, I was a workaholic and, you know, I have, a, I have a daughter who's 24 now. And I remember, you know, when she was growing up, like I was so busy running my business and running around and doing all the work that, you know, there are a lot of days where I wasn't there you know, I, I leave home, it would be dark out, come home, it would be dark and I missed the entire day with her. And then it just kind of dawned on me one day, I was kind of starting to stress out and burn out, decided I needed a big change. So I started to hire, pretty much had no choice but to start hiring people to uh, deal with some of the things that I uh, didn't want to deal with anymore because I, I really was uh, just too much stress. As time went on, I kind of took that to the opposite extreme and pretty much delegated everything. And now I went from workaholic to playaholic and uh, greatly prefer the playaholic. So, but, uh, but yeah, I still continue to invest in real estate, but my teams do the work for me. And I've got quite a few properties, but it's other people that are collecting the rent and uh, managing the properties. And I'm not trading my time for money anymore. So now basically, you know, I teach other people, how do you do that as well? How do you create passive income? And in my travels, I meet a lot of digital nomads and a lot of people 
that are kind of working as they go. And I feel very fortunate because I actually, even if I don't work, the money keeps coming in. And that's really what I like to help people learn how to do. How did you actually create your business to become remote, right? Because not a lot of people will think about real estate as something that they can do online because people often think when you see a real estate person, they're always showing houses and, you know, like you said, they're collecting rent. How did you figure out a system for yourself that you were able to take this job that you were so stressed about and now doing it online and now you're in Bali and running this remote company, which is incredible? Yeah, well, it, it's all started with, uh, you know, I, I, um, I'm Canadian and I uh, at one point I bought my first property in the United States. So I, I you know, now had homes in two different countries and obviously couldn't be at two places at the same time. And so I reluctantly, the first person I hired was a property manager in Las Vegas, where I, where I used to do the beginning of my U.S. real estate career and realized, you know, the, the biggest problem with most entrepreneurs, including myself, is we're control freaks. And we don't think, you know, anybody could possibly do what we do as well as, you know, we do it. So I find that, you know, I had, I had because I had no choice, I had to, um, bring my first person on. And when I found out that that person actually could do a better job than me, well, at first I micromanaged him to death. So even <laughs> though I wasn't doing the work, I was basically babysitting. Not that he needed to be babysat. It's just in my mind, I felt like if I don't keep control of things, I'm going to get ripped off or things aren't going to go well. But that was all in my mind. I, m- I remember the first time he had to call me because an appliance broke. I remember I told him anytime something goes wrong, I need to know about it. And so he called me and, and there was a broken stove. So I told him, you know, let's see what it costs to fix it. And if it's over a certain amount, let's replace it. And he goes, okay, even though he knew what to do, he, he had to follow my directions. And then he called me like two days later with another broken appliance. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this time it was a fridge in a different property. And, and I go, I, th- I started to think to myself, you know, this is kind of silly. Why am I making him call me every time? It's not like I can stop the appliance from breaking. And I'm giving him the same response every time. I'm giving him the exact same instructions. So that was the beginning of my first system where it's like, hey, if an appliance costs more than a certain amount or if something breaks us over a certain amount, then, you know, check with me. But if it's under a certain amount, just find out what it costs to fix it or or else replace it. And, you know, I started to get my time back and I realized now not only am I not having to babysit him, but he's a lot happier because he he has a little bit more autonomy and so that was the beginning of it. That was my first team member and my first system. And then I realized, you know what? Almost everything that I was doing could be replaced by somebody who would do it better than me anyway and was more knowledgeable. And I could get my time back, you know, start to have a lot more fun. And so so it started off very uh, small. But as time went on, it, it, I scaled that and made it much, much bigger. And not only did I get my time back, you know, I got my happiness back because not only was I not doing the work, I wasn't having to babysit. Now on my teams, I have people that look after all the other employees and manage everything. And very, very few people uh, report to me. So in a typical day, I usually work an hour to two a day. And that's just answering emails and uh, making a couple of phone calls here and there. But everything else is done by somebody else. <laughs> and, I've, and actually, since then, I've actually built a whole other business where I, I do almost n- none of the work. And so, you know, I sell turnkey investment properties to investors all over the world, but 
it's my money that's working for me. And it's my teams that are finding the properties and fixing them and putting the tenants in place and then selling them. Uh, and this all happens while I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. So anybody who says, oh, my, you know, my business is different. I can't walk away from my business or it's going to fall apart. I would disagree with that because, you know, some of the stuff that we do, most people said I would never be able to do. Ironically, the less I work, the more money I make because I actually just, if I ever jump in, I actually just get in the way and slow everybody down. It's ironic, but the less work I do, the more money I make. It's funny how much that happens when you actually get out of your own way, right? Because there's so oh, many true. things in your head that really stops you. There's a lot of fears. And especially in the beginning when you kind of wanted to micromanage everybody and you realize, like you said, there there's so many people that are way better than you who can Absolutely. actually do this a lot faster and make your life so much easier. But it's so funny, Mike how I've spoken to a lot of really successful entrepreneurs and they all had this in the beginning of like, oh my gosh, I'm su such a type A person. I need to control everything. Uh -huh. Everything needs to be perfect. And then when you finally let go of that control, everything just happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so common for entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, we all uh, tend to start off as solopreneurs and, Usually, if, if circumstances don't force us to make a change, most solopreneurs would stay solopreneurs forever. And unfortunately, that really we get our, in our own way, as you mentioned, and you know we stop ourselves from being able to scale. Because how many you know, in real estate, how many properties could I possibly manage on my own? I would have to be you know, a pretty small-time investor compared to where I am now if I was still doing it on my own. And ironically, I'd be making a lot less money and working a lot harder. And, but it takes a bit of a realization and kind of a wake-up call to get to the point where you can put your trust in somebody else. But I find that most entrepreneurs go from the phases that I went through, you know, solopreneur to micromanager. And then finally, the ones that are managed to um, <laughs> eventually give up that control and allow you know, their teams and, and have systems in place. They're the ones that get to really thrive. But it takes a long time to get, at least for me, it took a long time you know, to get to that point. But I'm so grateful that I did. Well, your industry is really interesting, right? And I was talking to Mike about this before we actually hit record, is that my fiance and I are closing on our first real estate property. And Mike was introduced to me by someone that it was just like, oh my gosh, this was meant to be because it, what you're doing, Mike, is exactly what we want to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe is talking. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It'll put the right people on your path pretty much effortlessly when you're not even trying. So I love how that works. I know, me too. And you know what it is? I don't see many people like you, and I told you this, I, out of over a hundred some people that I've interviewed for this podcast, you're the first one that I've ever encountered who is doing remote real estate business. So this is like incredible that you're able to do this. And now you're able to spend time with the people that you love and work a whole lot less. You work what, two, two hours a day, sometimes yeah, less, right? My max. <laughs> and, and so I work, I work an hour to two every day and it's just answering emails. And, you know, I, I, there's some people, so my, my turnkey business, some of my uh, investors who buy through me, they're buying because of their connection to me and they want to talk to me personally. But a lot of other people are buying my properties and they never speak to me. So they, they go through my uh, other channels, <laughs> other people in my business. But those people who do want to talk to me, they usually get a call from me and I'm typically at a pool or, or a beach 
And so it's not really that rough a work uh, work to have. Usually not. Uh, well, I'm never in an office. Put it that way. So I don't don't even own an office. <laughs> well, that's what most of our dreams are: is not to be stuck in a cubicle. And you definitely found a way to do that. Let's go back to when, I mean, even now, right? Even now, as your business is flourishing, what has been the biggest setback that you have encountered and how did you handle it? Boy, biggest setback, because I can't, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of what I would call a setback. I've become, you know, really, uh, I practice a lot of gratitude. And, and so to me, I mean, the worst things that happen to me are sometimes I'm, you know, delayed flight or I always put things in perspective. If I'm on, on, on an airplane sitting on the tarmac, they're saying, oh, oh we have a, a mechanical problem. And the person next to me is grumbling, oh, when are we going to take off? I'm like just grateful. Hey, they found this problem <laughs> on the ground, not in the air. And so th- to put things in perspectives, I don't, you know, I don't really feel like I have any major uh, setbacks um, that I can think of. Maybe give me an example because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> Think of what that would look like for me. So maybe during your time with your business, when you're handling a deal and it didn't work out and you lost something or it was, you know, a huge hit for you and you really learned from it. Well, most of those things happened before I had this lifestyle. So and it was mostly happening when I was a a solopreneur being a one man show. And so, I mean, I look at my biggest setbacks is back in the days when I used to do all the work by myself and you know, I was trading my time for money and, and didn't have the time for my daughter, didn't have time to pay attention to my health. I was very, very focused on the money and got pretty, I, you know, I got pretty good at making the money, but you know, at the same time, you know, when you're not paying attention to the other things that, that are really meaningful, you know, bad things start to happen. And so, I mean, I've had some, you know, health scares and things like that. Those were all kind of in the past since I've, Switched my lifestyle, I feel a whole lot <coughs> healthier, as I, except for this crazy cough that I've been trying to get over. But yeah, I mean, I, I really feel like the lifestyle I have now is, has given me a lot more balance in life where, you know, I travel all the time, but I also take time to go visit my, uh, my daughter. And now I have two grandsons that I go fly back to see or I fly them to see me. But yeah, I feel a whole lot better since I switched the lifestyle. In terms of setbacks, I don't really... You know, my, my biggest setbacks have been just really back in the day when I was workaholic, Mike, and I was um, not paying attention to my relationships. And, and there's a point where actually I was actually in a wheelchair because I had gout. I used to get gout really bad. I'm not sure you're familiar with that. But that was just from not, not eating healthy and not paying attention to. Uh, and that was my wake up call that, hey, it's time to change the lifestyle and, and eat healthier and, and just get more of a balance. It's interesting how all of that changed once you actually let go again of everything and, you know, your energy put in a healthier way and your mentality completely changes. And now you're exactly where you want to be in a lot in a totally different way, by the way, than what you probably thought you were going to achieve the success. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this, this wasn't even on my radar. Like people, you know, a lot of people interview me think I had this big master plan, you know, I'm going to get into real estate and I'm going to do A, B and C. And then eventually I'm just going to travel the world. I mean, that was not so far, not, not even on my radar, but it's funny how sometimes things evolve. And along the way, 
you know, you make different choices and, and different options open up to you. And, and I've had to get out of my comfort zone quite a few times along the way to get where I am. And every time you get out of your comfort zone, some a whole new, you know, a whole new world opens up to you. And so, but yeah, none of this was on my radar. And I sometimes have to pinch myself because I'm so grateful for somehow I, I managed to get to the place that I'm at. But I don't feel like I, I reached some sort of finish line yet. I feel like there's still <laughs> a lot more big things to come, and I don't even know what they look like yet. So this is just part of the journey. So once you actually created a remote team for yourself that's able to do all the tasks that you didn't want to do anymore, what do you think has been your secret sauce to making all of this work for you? I think the big, a few big things. One is, you know, just being able to give up control and not feel like I need to know every little thing going on in my business. Matter of fact, I like to know very little. And so I, like I mentioned earlier, I purposely have very few people that report to me. And even, even those people that report to me, they, they report to me very rarely and on purpose. You know, um, I only want to hear from, there's certain people I only want to hear from if there's something major going on. If one of my properties burns to the ground, I'd kind of like to know that or, you know, something, <laughs> something, uh, some sort of catastrophe. But on the day-to-day, I don't really need to know if a tenant's late on his rent or if a fridge is broken or I just don't really need to know about that. And so I think the biggest thing I'd say is, you know, the mindset where you just know that if you have the right people, you take good care of them. And that's got to be a two-way street. If you want them to take good care of you, you've got to take good care of them too. And so not treating them just like, you know, an employee. But I just think once once you kind of get in the flow and, uh, and also realizing that, hey, you know, some things will go wrong while you're not in the day-to-day, but they would have gone wrong even if I wasn't, you know, if it was me doing it all by myself, things would be going wrong too. So like, so focus on the, on the balance, focus on the lifestyle, be grateful that you've got it. And, you know, just know that it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect, but yeah, I mean, it, I'm light years away from the workaholic Mike that I used to be. And <laughs> that was mostly, if not all mindset shifts more, more, more than getting building teams, is one thing, but if you don't have the right mindset, like I said, you could be a micromanager and still have no life. So it's really a lot of mindset, a lot of uh, faith in uh, the people on your on your teams. And, and I think now it's just a matter of seeking balance. Once you've got that, then you, you don't really worry about all the other stuff. Now, how did you actually create this remote team that you have, right? Especially when you're out in Bali, and you want to make sure you trust the people that are handling everything for you. How did you create that system to actually make sure that everything is running smoothly? Yeah, well, first of all, let me explain what I have a few different things in my business. One is I have, you know, a bunch of properties and I live off the cash flow that comes from those properties. And so, you know, finding property managers is, is relatively easy. That's a, a position that there, there's property managers in every city. So that part wasn't really that difficult. The more difficult thing was, you know, building my, uh, my turnkey real estate business. And that's where, to give you an idea, right now while I'm in Bali, I've got people in Atlanta, Georgia that are finding properties for me. Once they find the properties, they hand them off to our inspectors who go take a peek at them, make a list of all the things that need to be fixed. Uh, they hand that off to our contractors to go and fix everything. Then they hand it off to our property managers who go and find tenants for these properties and then we have salespeople literally around the planet selling these properties for me. 
and all this is happening while I'm here. You know, a lot of people say, well, how'd you get all these people that you can trust? There's a lot of moving parts to it. But the really good news for anybody who's thinking, oh, I can never do that because, you know, how am I going to find all these people for all these moving parts? Uh, the good thing is that, you know, A players hang out with other A players. So if you find one really strong person on your team, chances are they're not hanging around with, you know, you're, you're not going to find a property manager that's hanging out with really sh- poor contractors, for example. What you're going to find is that good people are connected to other good people. And quite often, you just need to build a little bit of the team and people start bringing in their friends who are also A players. And when you allow some of the you know people that you trust to be able to do the hiring, firing, give them autonomy to make decisions for you. You know, a lot, a lot of magic happens. So, you know, a lot of this evolved on its own. It wasn't me handpicking every single person. A lot of the people on my team have never met me. I've never met them, but they're connected to other people that do know me very well. And so, um, so I find just when you, when you start to take action and move forward on something, sometimes it takes on a life of its own. You know, you look back later and say, man, am I ever, am I ever lucky that, you know, I've got this great team, but it all started just by finding one really good person who was connected to another good person who was connected to another a good person. And it just kind of took shape on its own. You know, back in the old days, it, it wasn't like that. I, I was much more needing to know every single person personally. And once again, I think a lot of it comes down to having faith that uh, I always think that the universe puts the right people, right opportunities on your path when you're doing the right things. And that's just kind of how it took shape. So it wasn't me, you know, painstakingly looking for people, to be honest with you, (laughs) I'm happy to say. So it was a lot easier than it sounds. I love the way you think, Mike. And I think you're right. The universe really gives you the right people at the right time when you are open to it. And I think when you're you're mentally not there, you're emotionally not there, then the universe is not going to give that to you. And I think once you decided that you're ready for it, it just happens all of a sudden. And I love the fact that you give freedom to the people that you work with. And I think it also gives them a lot of confidence in you and in themselves to make your business a whole lot bigger and That's so important. And that's a great tip to give all of us, whether you're doing real estate or any type of business, actually, and you're you're wanting to scale it. Well, and and, and another thing is if if you have to if you feel like you need to micromanage somebody, then you've got the wrong person on your team. That person, you know, my first property manager who I used to make call every time there was an appliance broken, that was just me being insecure. (laughs) It was ironic because. Like I mentioned, I was doing real estate in two different countries when I first met him. And he was collecting a lot more rent on my properties in Vegas than I ever collected on my homes in Canada. Because, you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a softie. And, you know, tenants would, you know, say, hey, you know what, Mike, I get paid on Friday. Can you hold off a few days? And I say, hey, no problem, whatever. Friday's fine. And then Friday would come. And it's like, oh, my car is broken. Can you wait? three or four more days. And okay, whatever. And next thing you know, they're a month behind, they're two months behind. My property manager who I hired, he treated it like a business. So he only got paid when he collected rent. And so, you know, we we would play good cop, bad cop, where he's one who deals with the, with the tenants. The tenants didn't know who I was. They'd never meet me. So he'd say, you know what, if it was up to me, I'd let it slide. But the owner, it's this grumpy old man. And if I don't collect rent, he's going to fire me. So, you know what, if you can pay me tomorrow, I won't tell him that you were late. But if you can't, then unfortunately, I've got to give you your eviction notice. 
And him treating it like a business, he collected way more rent than I ever did. Not only that, it wasn't taking up any of my time. So it was just such a no-brainer to allow people that are professionals who treat things like a business to step in and you know, as soon as you, you put yourself in there and, and you try to be nice to people, it usually backfires on you. So that's the ironic thing is that I had trust issues and I thought I would never get nearly as much rent and I didn't want to pay the fees. And I, I made way more money doing no work than trying to do it myself <laughs> once again. And so, you know, I kept on getting this lesson handed to me over and over and it just took a little while, you know, before I would let it sink in. But yeah, so that's that's a big lesson to any anybody who is in that predicament where, you know, they feel like they can't give up the reins, you know, just try it, try it on a small scale. And you might be pretty shocked to see what the results are. <laughs> You'd be pretty shocked of how competent most people are more than you a lot of times. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think I was put on this planet to be a property manager. It wasn't my skill set. I just took on the role because it was necessary in my business. And, you know, a lot of the other things that I did you know, I didn't negotiate on properties because I was the world's best negotiator. It's just something that needed to be done. And so I was just, I was just a, a mic of all trades and that's why I had no life. You know, I, was, I was making good money, but I was working 15 hour days and was pretty miserable. You know, a lot of times we, we build, especially entrepreneurs, we build this machine, this big monster for ourselves and it gets quickly out of control. And unless we have other people, you know, this, this dream of yours might turn into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to build that team around you. And all of the things that you're saying to me, Mike, just solidifies everything that really we want to get into and also see in real life that this can happen. You know, it's it's a dream that can become reality. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate all of this. Well, what is my pleasure? And two, <laughs> you know, I almost feel like it's my duty to show people this because I see so many... I have a lot of friends that are very, very wealthy financially, but they really don't, you know, they're, they're not enjoying their lives. They're stressed and uh, it, it doesn't need to be that way. So there is freedom out there, but but a lot of it is in your mindset, whether you're, you're going to get that or not. And also make sure you guys listen to our extended interview because Mike is going to get deeper into how all of us can actually start this or begin this process of doing passive income with real estate and how you can travel the world with doing this too. Because I feel like when people hear real estate, they automatically think, oh my God, that's impossible. You know, that's when I'm like really old and I have all of these money saved up and that's really impossible for me right now, especially when I'm young. And Mike can tell us all of the tips that he has for us to get started on this amazing journey that he has for himself. Now, Mike, let's fast forward to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Well, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, since I took on this lifestyle, a lot of things have changed. So as I mentioned, a lot of, you know, what's important to me now is balance. And so I've got two grand grandsons and, and so I do get to spend lots of time with them. So I'm in a much better position than when my daughter was young, luckily. So, so that's really important to me is just creating a lot of memories for my grandsons and filling up their passports and filling them in a good way, showing them the planet, showing them that we live on a, a, an amazing planet filled with amazing people. So that's really important to me. Number two is uh, I do a lot of volunteer work and humanitarian projects. So uh, that stuff is important to me. 
You know, so my balance is really three things. It's really family time, giving back time, and then three is me time where I go and hang out in places like Valley and recharge the batteries so that I have more you know, present when I'm doing those other first two things. And so for me, it's really, you know, going around and, and making a difference on the planet for my family and for the, the people I get to meet. also want to help as many people as possible get more freedom in their lives. I don't think we were put on this planet to be worker bees. I think we have a much bigger purpose than that. And I want to really share that with, you know, especially people that are in the same position that I used to be in, you know, being the, the workaholic and having no balance and not really knowing how to escape from that. I think to a lot of people think that when you are trying to make money or you have money, you're absolutely greedy. And you just proved to us that you can use your money to help so many more people, right? You can do so much more when you have more than when you have nothing, because that's all you're focusing on is that you have to get more because you have nothing. So (laughs) And that's, and that's a big mindset shift too, because a lot of people are brought up that way that, you know, money's bad and money's evil. And to me, money is a lot like oxygen and I never really think, you know, I I hope Debbie's not breathing too much right now because there's (laughs) not enough oxygen for me. You never think that because it's so abundant. It's, It's the most important thing we've got, yet it's so abundant. Well, I think money is equally important because you can't get very far without it. And when you, when you have enough of it, especially if it's coming in passively where you're not even thinking about it, it's just coming in and it flows. It just, if it comes to you and then it allows you to help more people and give back on a bigger scale. And any, anybody who says that they, Oh, I don't, I don't want to make money <laughs> to me. They might as well be saying, Oh, I don't want to breathe oxygen. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So I say, make lots of it. If you don't like it, once you've got it, give lots of it away, help lots of people with that. That's the key to fulfillment is helping as many people as you can. And so, you know, when I was younger, like I said, I was focused only on the money and making more of it and working more hours to get, you know, more money. And as time went on, the money really became irrelevant and became, I find money super easy. I don't think about it. And it allows me to be very free with it and not just for my lifestyle, but also for helping other people. And, you know, one of the things when you travel as much as I do, especially if you're doing, you know, give back projects, I can tell you that when you go to places where they can't just turn a tap and get clean drinking water, you start to really appreciate what you have and how much money does make a difference. So anybody who says they don't, you know, they're opposed to money, I could take them to certain parts of the world and they will either come back uh, with a changed mindset or that's the only thing that's going to happen. They're going to come back with a whole new set of gratitude towards not only the life that they've got, but also what money can do and how you can help others. So, so I'd say make lots of money, give lots of it away. And uh, <laughs> to me, that's the ultimate fulfillment. Absolutely. I completely, completely agree with that because if you're traveling around and you see all of this happening in front of you, there's only so much you can do as one person, right? But if you have the money to do it, you can get more people to come and help and you can do so much for that community. And I think you're right. There is this mindset that we were given when we're really young that it is evil, but you can do so much good with it if you 
actually have this abundance mindset that you learn to do because it's interesting how we learn to do this as we grow older and it wasn't really ingrained in us unless you have these incredible parents that really instill that in you from the beginning exactly exactly and you know and most of us don't have parents that that instill that i mean my parents certainly didn't but yeah i mean the biggest challenge is a lot of people actually in my opinion repel money because of their <laughs> their mindset and anybody who says that they totally don't care about money it's like okay well you go tell your boss tomorrow that you're going to work for free from now on and you know <laughs> so I, I don't think people that say that actually mean that people that say that makes them feel better. It, it helps their ego as to why maybe they haven't managed to create the wealth that they want and nothing, nothing against that. But if you keep saying that, you're going to get exactly what you put out there into the universe. So if you're saying it, you don't really mean it. And you really would like to have money then you got to stop <laughs> saying it. You got to stop thinking it and you got to start looking at money as something that just flows through you. And if you're blocking it from going through you, then you can't pass it on. And, and so it's, it's just a, a form of energy. That's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to s stop thinking about it as something negative and turn it into a complete positive. Like everything that you're saying right now, Mike, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. That is uh -huh. so true. Like once you stop thinking that, once you totally switch your mindset, it just comes. And sometimes like it just comes to you without you even knowing it because your mentality is open to it. And you're right. You're not blocking it anymore. Yeah, it's actually very easy to attract. And, you know, a lot of people would have a lot more of it if if they had, you know, just switched their, their thoughts around a little bit. You know, once again, nobody's forcing you to keep it. If you get it and you absolutely, I don't know anybody who's got lots of it that hates it. I've never met one of those people yet. I know a lot of people that don't have it that claim to hate it. And that's <laughs> why they don't have it. But I know lots of people that have lots of it and they give lots of it away and it makes them feel really good. And they keep attracting more. And the more they give, the more they get. And it's just an amazing trading of energy where, once again, you don't even think about it anymore. And, and money is it's not, it's a non-issue. And life becomes a lot more interesting when that starts to happen, when you get in that type of flow. Yeah. Then you have some much better options than when you don't have money. So I'd much rather have that <laughs> option to give it all away than, uh, than not, put it that way. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> now, what are you currently working on that is really exciting to you? Well, for me, I, as I mentioned, I've been pretty much traveling the world full time for, for pretty much five years. And I've decided that I'm going to start. It's kind of interesting because I post a lot of stuff on social media and I get a whole wide variety of responses. Uh, most people are saying, oh, I'm, you know, I, I live vicariously through you and uh, oh, that place is on my bucket list. But I also get people, you know, saying, what, you're going to Colombia? Isn't it dangerous there? And ironically, my dad, who's from New York City, he, at first time I went to Colombia, he goes, what are you doing going to Colombia? It's so dangerous. And I go, have you been there? And he goes, no. I go, how do you know it's dangerous? <laughs> and they started to recite a news story from like the 1970s. <laughs> and I'm sure there are parts of Colombia, like everywhere else on this planet that are dangerous. But in any case, uh, I've been there like three or four times now people that are super friendly. And, and in any case, I, ha I have to remind my dad that the biggest terrorist attack in history happened in New York City. And he never tells me don't go to New York. Uh, <laughs> so so I'm, film I'm filming a show since my last name is Wolf. It's called Worldwide Wolf. And it's just about my adventures and showing off, you know, what a beautiful planet we live on. And 
showing some of my favorite places and, and just the magic that happens. And also just interviewing people that are doing really positive things because there's so many people that their, their perception of the planet is so skewed by what they see on mainstream media that they're afraid to go anywhere. And that drives me crazy because I've been, I've been to probably around 75 countries now and never had a major scare, never, never been injured. I've had nothing happen to me that could, that wouldn't have happened had I stayed at home. And so I want to show people what an amazing place we live, you know, this planet is and, and how many people there are making a difference and doing great things. And so that's kind of my, um, one of my give back projects. I just want to get more people exploring and being less afraid of other people because they have different color skin and different, different customs and just featuring the magic that happens when you get away from your television and start exploring and, and uh, going on a bit of a journey. Everything, everything will shift and uh, your whole mindset shifts and how you view the planet shifts and how you treat other people shifts. So I want to share that. That's, so that's my big thing that I'm just starting as we speak. That is really exciting, Mike. I'm so excited to learn more about that and make sure you share that with us once it's out. Because, oh, I definitely will. Yeah, because that's absolutely really, really interesting. And I actually had a previous interview and we talked about the same thing that you just talked about is most people are so fearful to live outside of their bubble that they re- they don't realize that it's better to experience it in your own eyes, you know, because there's so many things that are so untrue in what the media is portraying that you're missing out on so many amazing things around the world. And so, so much of what you see is, is politically based and, you know, the government and the media, they want you to see, you know, certain cultures as being dangerous or, you know, we got to, we need to build walls and I'm not going to get political here, (laughs) but um, anyway, I think we should be tearing down walls and removing borders. And, and uh, I love freedom I have of, you know, being able to go to all these different countries and meet with real people, not this BS that you see on TV. And I just want to show people that it's safe to get out there and and get away. From, I, I think the most dangerous place to be is in front of your TV set. So uh, <laughs> so I don't spend any time there. And I don't think uh, people should, other than to watch Worldwide Wolf. On TV set. <laughs> Except yeah. for Mike's show. That's for sure. So that you can... And, and you can listen to Debbie's show too. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Listen to me yeah. and watch Mike. <laughs> There you go. Exactly. So, but uh, the interesting thing is, is that my shows, you know, I'm self-sponsoring it. So it's going to be just in in my opinion, uh, just totally, you know, objective. It's not, nobody can buy what we show. Um, So it's just going to be as objective as I could possibly make it and just kind of be a glimpse into what I see every day. So. So Mike, if our listeners want to know more about your show that's coming up, and how they can reach you, where should they go? Yeah, best bet is just uh, at this point, uh, it's it's still pretty early, so we don't have the website up yet. Um, we're just starting. But you can email me at info at MikeWolfMastery.com. And it's wolf, just like the animal, no E. So info at MikeWolfMastery.com. That is the best last name ever. <laughs> ah, thank you. I didn't have much, <laughs> much say in it, but it uh, worked out pretty good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike, for being here. I really appreciate all of the knowledge that you gave us. Ah, Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. 
I hope you enjoyed this interview with Mike. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to create passive income in real estate. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast? Well, what are you waiting for? This is the best time to do it. And lucky for you, I have created the most comprehensive ebook to help you start, grow, and monetize your show called How to Create a Profitable Podcast, where I share all of my proven strategies that has allowed me to leave my nine to five to become a full-time podcaster. If you want to learn more, go to howtocreateapodcast.com. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.